Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity, forming strong teams to support them. Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Monday, June 20th. Actually, we are recording this a little bit early and I don't know, I feel like very anticipatory. I feel like my body's on fire a little bit today, Mark, because I'm talking to you the morning that the Federal Reserve will be making its decision. So uh, how are you feeling about the Fed? Do you think they're going to be doing 50, 75 or one whole full percentage point? I'm coming down in the middle. I think 75. Yeah, it sounds like it. it. Sounds like it. Um, you know, I always think it's funny when like breathlessly there are people who are like, oh my God, they're considering 75 basis points. Like, you know, of course, when Jerome Powell had said that a 75 basis point increase is not something the committee is actively considering, that was like six weeks ago. And we have new information. So I don't know why this is like so shocking that the Fed would be considering larger than 50 basis points. I just don't know why. Of course, they'd be considering it. And yet, some of the financial media people are just going bananas about it. Anyway, it's been crazy. And there are a lot of gyrations in the markets. And so you know what I did to chill out this morning, Mark? Because I was so on fire. Let me guess. You took a nice Peloton ride. Have you done the stacking of classes or not? No. Okay. So there's this feature on Peloton where you can sort of, if you're not riding live, which I don't do often, and you can put things in a queue so that you finish one class, you go right into another. So of course, additionally, I'm training for this huge ride, right? And so I have to really sit on a bicycle seat for many, many, many hours, three days in a row. So I did, you ready for this? Back to back. 60-minute classes with Matt Wilpers today. I was sweating so much, it was revolting, even to myself. It was unbelievable. And I had air conditioning on. And um, yeah, this is all for my cycle for the cause. And you can donate to support me riding 275 miles for the LGBTQ Center of New York City, where I'm a board member. If you'd like, you don't have to do it. But if you feel like it and you feel like you want to do something nice for Jill, because it's really not Mark, but Jill, you can donate for this fundraiser 
right on our website, jillonmoney.com. It's scrolling right underneath the podcast part of it. So check it out if you want to. Otherwise, just listen to me complain about how, you know, I'm I'm sore now. I'm going to have to stretch later. That's the other thing. I got to get much more into my stretching with these long rides. But, you know, as we said last weekend, you said you gave it the probability of me not finishing the 275. Zero. You say it's zero. I say it's 10. I say it's 10%. But if, ra- if there's bad weather, I could definitely bail on it. It's not in your DNA. It is not, but it could be. I think there's more of a chance of a CNA 1% hike today. <laughs> Very good, Mark. Very good. Uh, all right. So this is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. And we do that by answering financial questions. And listen, everyone's freaking out. I get it. This has really been a tough year so far, and the gyrations in the market and the downward movement. I was just um, talking to friend of the pod, Michael Goodman, um, who is a CPA and a CFP, and we were talking about, you know, it's just a strange situation because if you really think about it, it's been about 20 years, you know, where we've seen this kind of gyration, and I mean 20 years not because the last time we had a real sell-off in the bond market along with the stock market was a long time ago. And I think that that's part of the problem that I bet a lot of you guys are feeling, which is, gosh, I thought I bought bonds to protect myself. And here my bond prices are getting hammered. So when you look at the statement and when you look at your, you know, your second quarter statement, you're going to have the, like, it's going to be a sucker punch. And if you need help with that, we can help you out. So just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, and we would be happy to answer your questions. And we've obviously been getting a ton of emails. So we're going to do, we're doing an email show just so we can answer as many questions as we possibly can. Okay. This is from Lynette. She's got an IRA, a Roth IRA, and a brokerage account at Schwab. She, oh boy, here we go. We had $650,000 in there, and now it's 555. There's 40% in stocks, no cash in these accounts. So, so interesting, Mark. So it was a 40 stock, 60 bond portfolio, right? We will both be 70 this year and we have uh, social security. Should we stay the course, cut our losses and put all the money in the money market? We did buy a $10,000 I bond. No one ever addresses seniors who need help. Oh, listen, I want to tell you something. Plenty of people address you. It's just not the people you want to hear from because that's where, you know, all the insurance agents come crawling out of the woodwork for someone like this. I just think it's very difficult to make a decision to go to all cash right this second. So here's what we want to know from you. We want to know you've got no cash in the accounts. Are you pulling money out of these accounts? That's what I want to know, number one. Number two, by the way, why is it that we say that you need a year or two of living expenses in safe assets. This is a good example, Mark, because if they need to pull money out of this account and we now have to sell something at a loss, that makes it very difficult. So for anyone who is already retired, the mantra that I have been prattling on about for years and years and years that everyone rolls their eyes about is one to two years of living expenses in a safe account. Just stockpile cash. It's like the most boring asset class and it is my favorite asset class. So, you know, the greed factor is huge. 
Because what happens is when stocks are going up and bond prices are going up, you don't want to put money in cash because you're like, oh, it's not efficient. And then you have the bottom fallout. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I wish I had more money in cash. Okay, let's get back to Lynette. Lynette, my feeling here is that I'd like to know how much money you need to pull from these accounts this year. That's number one. We also have to remember that if you've got an IRA, right? If you have an IRA, then you're going to have to start taking distributions. I don't know. Let's see. They're not, they're 70 now, so it'll be 72. So we have to prepare for that. Uh, I want to know what other assets you might have that are floating around. If it is keeping you up at night, then I might take some money in your account, your brokerage account, and maybe just free up like 25 or 30 grand Take that loss so you have to have a loss to, and I don't know if you have gains or losses, and you know, we need to really talk to you a little bit more. Maybe we do a little tax loss harvesting, free up some cash, and you have a breather. You don't go a wholesale into money market. You just don't. You know, that just makes no sense. And I'm sorry that you've gone through this, but again, guys, we really need to be clear that sometimes the decisions you make when everything is going really, really well come back and bite you in the butt. Okay. Donald is a participant in the Federal Thrift Savings Fund. Retired. Okay. Oh, this is fascinating. They shut down participants' access to the plan. This is a long shutdown. Let's see. 526 to 61. Let's just see what dates that was. Hold on a second. I want to see if that was over a weekend or not. So 526. So that's Thursday, the 26th, Mark's wedding day. And then until when? Let me look at that. Okay, so till 6-1, which was, wow, that's a long time. No access whatsoever. Then you had to re-register your account under a new system. All right, they had phone access and computer access, what I don't have, in order to re-register. Phone access, I had to wait period on hold for four hours. And he's not been able to re-register his account. I have been unable to withdraw my funds to reallocate, even to check on the value and this is all happening, obviously, in a huge period of uh, volatility. And I estimate that I've lost $40,000 in that period. My fault? Not really. Isn't this malfeasance on the part of the administrators of TSP and no fault of mine? Do you agree? What is my recourse? I think it stinks. There, I don't think there's recourse either because here's the big issue, Donald. You're presuming you would make the right move <laughs> in that period of time. It is wrong, though. Usually when you have a systems shutdown, it occurs outside of market hours. You know, you can complain to the administrator, but I'm sure you're not going to get very far. Okay. Tom loves our podcast and never miss it with markets being where they are. Should we do Roth conversions? Now, this is our favorite um, idea of the moment, which is prices down means the value of the money you're converting is lower. So lower tax hit. So here's what Tom's situation is. He's 66, retired. He collects Social Security. His wife is 64 and working. She earns 220 grand a year. Their house is paid off. Neither entitled to a pension. Wow. His wife has 800,000 in a traditional IRA, 45 grand in a Roth. He has 200,000 in a traditional IRA and $10,000 in a Roth. And they've got a brokerage account, 900 grand. Should they consider doing some Roth conversions and the market has dropped significantly? My thinking is if we do some conversions when the market recovers, all of the gains will be tax-free in a Roth. That is so awesome. 
That is such a great idea. And he says, I respect your highly educated opinion. Thanks. Grit, growth, grace. Isn't that nice? That's a good one. So Mark, they would be converting in you know, a pretty high tax bracket. Um, they're in the, not high, high, but like 24%, I'm guessing. I think this is a do. I think they should definitely do it. I think the one aspect of this that's interesting is where are we paying the taxes that are due from? So is it going to mean they have to sell some of the assets in their brokerage account? If you have, then this is interesting. So now we have a double tax issue that's kind of intriguing to me. Let's say we've got that brokerage account. Now, by the way, if this is a brokerage account with a long history, you might have losses, but you probably have some gains too. You might be able to reallocate and take some money off the table and balance your losses with your gains, right? If you bought, in other words, if you bought an S&P 500 fund 10 years ago, you're still weighing the money. So if you have some losses somewhere and you want to sell some and raise the money to pay the taxes, that seems good. That's great. So in his 200 grand for his $200,000 in his IRA, Mark, how much do you want to convert up to the 24% top level of the bracket, which would be he would convert some this year up to 340 or should he go and convert even up to the 32% bracket? So let's say he did the whole balance. Let's think about that. So the 32% bracket starts at 340 grand. He doesn't have a house deduction, so he's probably taking just a standard deduction of $25,000. Maybe he could do it. I don't know what his wife is doing in terms of her. She's got making two twenty. I wonder if she's still using her retirement account there. Anyway, I might do the whole thing also. It's intriguing to me. I love this idea. Don't you? It's like the silver lining. This is from Albea. I graduated in, from law school in 2020. And due to the pandemic, I think spent all my savings and more. I recently got promoted in my job. I got a pay increase. I've got law school debt, credit card debt, and may need to buy a car soon. I won't have money to save. What should we do? Okay. First of all, track your money. Just track where the money is going. Then I want you to detail your debt and start with the highest interest debt and go down. Okay, so go from the high, which is probably the credit card debt. And then, you know, I don't know if you have one whopping law school loan or there's a few different debts, but list everything out in descending order. And then we're going to see how much money you need to allocate to all of these. Uh, The car thing is going to be a pain in the neck. That's really going to be tough. I mean, if you can delay that, that would be great. So let's say that you have, after all said and done, you go through your you go through your cash flow, you look at that that loan, you look at everything and you say I've got $600 a month that I can allocate. I would prioritize credit card debt first, make the biggest payment on that, make the minimum payment on the law school debt and then save the rest in an emergency reserve fund which will be your new car fund. And I think that's all you need to do right now. But it's um you're going to have to remember that like the big 3 means no consumer debt and then the next bed, the next debt is the law school debt. Establish the emergency reserve fund, six to twelve months of your living expenses, and then hopefully, when that's all done, and maybe if you have a little help there from your employer, if there's a match, you start putting some money in your retirement account. I think that's it. Ah, oh, it's another day, Monday, Monday. It's it's a very weird time. Everyone's kind of freaked out, and we don't want you to be freaked out. We really do want to help you get to the next place. And let's bring the pressure down, Mark. Do you know what a producer said to me last week? It was very funny. She's like, you know, when markets are going crazy, that's when you just, you speak slower 
and you speak quieter. I said, yes, this is what I do. Because if I went like this and I went and I made you crazy, then that would be, that's not a really a good and helpful way to be in the world. We're not going to live our, cell, our lives in fear. We're going to control what we can control, right? So let's do that together. If you've got a financial question, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd come on the air. Don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter. And we would be so happy if you did that. And you can check out our other program. It's called Ion Money. These are going to be tough days. And if you need us, let us know. Okay. All right. Lift someone up today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.